Welcome to Talking in Stations, podcast about EVE Online, recorded live on Twitch, Saturday's 1500 time. I'm your host, Matterall, of Imperium News and of Dice Corporation of Dornan Coalition. A really cool show for you today. Seamus Donahue is with us, and he's going to talk about missions, how to prepare for them and what the nature of them are, and uh, I guess that would be is, maybe are. And also hit some player news and talk about uh, some of the advances on CC that we've seen about Blood Raiders uh, and the new artificial intelligence. But we'll also talk about some of the wars that are going on out there. Uh, let me introduce uh, everybody. First, I'd like to introduce Dirk McGurk. Hey, what's going on? Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> and, and Caleb, how are you? Tired. Long show. Yeah. Off camera today, which is unusual, we have Tiberius. Hey there. And Seamus Donahue from Eve University. How are you? Good morning, America. <laughs> Wherever you are. Such a good radio voice. All right, cool. Well, it's been kind of a slow news cycle. I think Dirk and I were talking during the week about like what we possibly do, what's on everybody's mind. And really, there was only the artificial intelligence of the Blood Raiders that was... Um, kind of being talked about, but even that was kind of a select uh, group. So um, I thought, you know, this is a good time to do stuff that would help people get better at the game. And one of the things that's kind of just assumed that you know is missions. Uh, so we have a great resource in Seamus to talk about missions, since it's one of the things he specializes in. So I thought maybe we should do that. Uh, and so we're going to get a great lesson and uh, ask some questions about uh, missioning in EVE and PVE in general and how it leads to maybe new AI at the end of the uh, show. I guess we could start out by asking, what defines a mission uh, in EVE? Well, missions generally, uh, at least in Empire space, you've got uh, NPCs all over the place in stations uh, who basically need stuff done. Keep in mind that in the lore of EVE Online, uh, you're a capsuleer, which means you're a special kind of space captain who's essentially immortal, because when you blow up, you wake up in a new body. Uh, that means you can take on riskier assignments than ordinary space captains who, when they die, they're dead. Yeah, I wish I could blow up and wake up in a new body. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, really... Missions is just uh, walking into an agent's office in a station and asking, uh, I'm a capsuleer. You got any work for me? And the agent will offer, will take a look at what they've got. Uh, they'll offer you a mission. You accept or decline it. You get back out in your ship. You go out. You run the mission. You come back. You get paid. And you get paid in, of course, interstellar credits. You get paid in loyalty points. For those of you who don't know what those are, that's a secondary currency specific between the corporation that gave you the mission and you and you can use that to buy things in their loyalty point stores like say federation navy stasis webifiers or caldari navy antimatter things like that and of course you can also salvage the wrecks of the things you blew up you can also loot whatever modules and such were on the wrecks of the things you blew up and sometimes concord will also pay you bounties for the things that you killed i think it's worth mentioning that missions have not really changed since day one. So we're basically still working on the same uh, design as yeah, 14 years ago. The same fundamental design, yeah. Uh, the only really big changes that I can think of, uh, that at least that have occurred since I started playing in 2009. First of all, there came a point where micro warp drives started being allowed in missions. Because I know that wasn't the case, at least yeah. not for... 
not at least not for all missions back when I started playing in 2009. So I, what I have is to say, was pointless? Go I'm ahead. still under the I was still under the impression you could not use uh, micro warp drives inside of missions. Like I would not have known that had I not talked to you. Yeah, that that would have been true seven or eight years ago. Uh, that's not true today. So if you miss the memo, uh, yes, you can use micro warp drives in every single mission that exists nowadays. And then the other big change, the other, actually the other two big changes I can think of regarding missions are uh, the update to the AI. So mission rats now change targets nowadays on a regular basis. And the introduction of the burner, the burner missions, any mission with the word anomic in them, those are a lot more difficult. Yeah, they've added a, uh, two phases of uh, updates to the AI, right? That I'm a little less clear on, but I do know that uh, Mission Rats uh, were given some of the AI properties of the Sleeper Rats in Wormhole Space. So in, it used to be the case that when a Mission Rat aggroed onto something, they wouldn't change target unless the rat was ECM jammed or the target went away for some reason. That's right. In uh, 2012, uh... All the NPC got a, NPCs got an upgrade where it basically used a decision tree, uh, deciding on which was the biggest threat to them or what they would most effectively apply DPS to. So you find a lot of frigates and things like that now will go after drones and things, whereas beforehand they wouldn't make that sort of decision or they'd switch to drones if you launch them. To reduce the AFK mission. Yeah. <laughs> which brings on the whole thing with how easy mode it really is, right? And it's always been a problem. Oh, no, 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 we're not gonna, we're not gonna get into that yet. Uh, but uh, let's go return to Seamus and uh, wherever we were. All right, uh, Matterall, did you want me to wait for prompts for you, or should I just keep rolling with it? Uh, you can keep rolling. Well, actually, you should wait for prompts just so we can pace the show a little bit. There's a little bit of behind the scenes, guys. That's how it works back here. <laughs> gotcha. We write notes, right. but um, yeah, the the thing about uh, missions is that they are. Uh, as we were alluding to, created for um, wealth generation so that you can accumulate a bunch of wealth to pay for your PvP is kind of the understood uh, yep. model of the game. So what are some of the rewards that come with uh, missioning? Uh, I think we already covered that. You want me to go over it again? Nope. I was actually writing notes. So um, this is something that I actually have been very curious about. Missions I've always done alone. Is can, there... Can we just go back? To, I'm sorry. Can we just go back to yeah. something you just said there about missions are set up to create wealth for look missions in eve are no different than pve in probably any other game scenario they they are there to do a number of things one of which is actually play the game though too i mean they're not mm -hmm. only there to give you wealth so you can go pvp or go do something else right i mean yep, yep. In, oh. in in every form of game out there there is something that is kind of the baseline um set piece type of scenario that you do over and over and over again for a variety of reasons but it's just part of well, the core of the of punctuated the rails and, I, and yeah. if you um and if you everybody looks out the left side and behind <laughs> the uh tour train you'll notice the rails that we are now leaving off in the distance bye bye rails well Okay, so I apologize to Caleb because we are going there. The nature of AFK and wealth generation so that you can play the real game PvP, that's a myth. Um, well, the, the, the problem is that in, in, in EVE, as Dirk just alluded to, 
it's actually added in almost as an afterthought because the wealth generation is not necessarily from missions, right? It's from everything else. All the resources that we gather in E, even though it might be a little bit of a tedious job, is outside of the mission running. Of course, there's a bit of loot and there's a bit of bounties, but the major income uh, sources is elsewhere, right? It, it depends on what kind of income that is that we're talking about. I mean, for interstellar credits, those... Uh, those faucets in the game would be missions and incursions for the most part, as well as NPC bounties. Yeah, for minerals, it's primarily earlier than that. I'm, I'm thinking pre that and, and pre level five missions and stuff like that, when it was only as an addition to normal ratting and and uh, mining and stuff like that. So it, it it was a very small part, and it became a smaller part because of the fact that the players in the player versus player aspect took over the gameplay. Do you think they had equal standing when the game first started? It's, it's tied into the, the fact that way back uh, when the NPCs were actually buying uh, minerals, right, to create the faucet right. of ISK. So, so we're, we're talking about a system that, as, as, as Dirk pointed out, it, it's added to have some content to do when you're not doing PvP, when you're not taking part in what then became the emergent game that is Eve, right? Wow, that's an old mechanic. I'd never heard of NPCs buying minerals from players. Yeah, well, back in the uh, you saw early it, days. It was a flat rate, right? And, and then the player mm. price was on top of that. Back in the early days when the market wasn't um, as populated sure. as it is now, um, you know, people would accumulate stuff, but there'd be nobody wanting to buy things. So NPCs would, for quite a while, do it. And you can still see that. Um, if you look at the um, information on the NPC corporations, there is a tab on their information on what in-game items they buy, and it's all sorts of things. Um, most of it now is kind of just drops you get from random missions and things like that, like janitors and bits and pieces. But, um, you know, they're all there, um, and you can fly out to the station still and sell stuff to those NPCs. And it's the same with the old... Uh, NPC uh, goods, right? That you could shoot convoys and stuff like that, and you would get drops, and you would sell that a little bit like very lightweight uh, blue loot to basically mm -hmm. get ISK into the game. We didn't have all the forces that we have today, so it was kind of to fix the game or create the game uh, by adding uh, missions, and of course have some sort of content that people were familiar with. But uh, yeah, I, I, I still think it suffers a lot from those old models. And the same with the stuff like server stream that you made it instanced with gates and stuff like that. So it's, it's got a lot of, uh, of, of history-based problems. Right. So um, what I was wanting to ask was, besides incursions, are there, do people really do missions in groups? Some people do. Uh... At least in EVE University, uh, we'll have mission running groups that will particularly include new players because, you know, new players, they're flying frigates, destroyers, maybe cruisers. Uh, so some new players will run missions in groups uh, so they can take on missions that uh, normally they wouldn't be able to handle on their own or they don't even have access to because they haven't built up the standings yet. And sometimes more experienced uh, members of EVE University, uh, usually it consists of more experienced members of EVE University running level four missions and inviting new players uh, to come along with them as part of a fleet uh, to go run these missions. 
That one of my early memories of Eve was tagging along with a more a more senior corpmate uh, in the level four missions, and he would just let me pick up loot um, as a way of. And one time I picked something up I think that was valuable, and he stopped shooting and said, "What'd you get in there?" Because <laughs> he could salvage yeah, it. Yeah, he, he could see. I wasn't even salvaging. I was just picking loot, but. He could see that I had picked up something that was kind of valuable, and he's like, "What do you got there? All right, go ahead and keep it." You know, uh, but it was definitely a, you know, like a mentor page. and protege thing. Yeah, definitely a page relationship. Can yeah. you do the horse as well? Clean the ship and stuff. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 person who's got the big ship with uh, all the firepower uh, can spend more time actually shooting things if somebody else is actually cleaning up all the loot and salvage and stuff. But yeah, the irony that, is that usually they just pop, right? Yeah. From that point of view, it was actually kind of fun because I was seeing something in action. You know, uh, he seemed super efficient and stuff. I was kind of inspired by that. Like, um, you know, like, wow, someday I'll be in that uh, Megathron and shooting missiles. You know, I believe it was like a Megathron missile, Megathron ship. Mega missile boat? What? Yeah, it was. I think so. Yeah, I remember missiles. I don't know. Maybe they were shooting him with missiles. That's probably it. Um, Anyway, so there aren't many, so they would be kind of artificial, though. You normally would do these missions alone uh, because you would maximize the amount of money or lower you know, Level four got. and lower, at least, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, right, so level fives, so you might actually take a group because they're just actually harder. Or so I'm told in any way. I'm, I'm a high security mm -hmm. resident, so I don't, level five mission agents are only out in low or null security, so I don't know as much about those. I'm given mm -hmm. to understand some of those missions are hard enough. You need fleets for them. And you should bring in the, well, the, it, the topic of uh, the LP price, right? It used to be that the price mattered and that you had to actually grind a lot to get the things that you needed. But because of the fact that this number just grows and grows and grows, so the price on LP becomes meaningless, right? People now have millions and millions of LP that they can't really figure out how to cash in. Uh, so now the, you, the, the price you mean, is no, you mean there's no competitive market for no I mean that the price was never dynamic it never evolved with the rest of, uh, of, of God. some will call it inflation but it's really the growth of the economy so you just have about as much LP on people's accounts as you have free ISK in the system so what used to be expensive is now not really expensive at all and you have so many new sources and easy mode of getting LP. So the cost has never been updated. So it's the rarity and the value of things you get from the LP store is useless. It's a, bit, a little bit like your investment model in, uh, in, in uh, uh, material prints, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, mean, is it, there are I other still reasons, have to make a fortune. There are other reasons for, for you know, running uh, not solo. Uh, I don't want to say groups, but running with somebody else as well. I mean, number one, there's a gameplay reason, and maybe the two, you know, maybe you and some other people just want to run those things together. Maybe you're also helping somebody grind standings with a particular faction, so they want the, they can't access the agents that you can, so therefore you're you're bringing them along so that they get their you know they get a standings boost from doing it. Um, yep, yep. Yeah, and then of course, yeah, with level fives, maybe you're you you. you know, doing it because of difficulty reasons or because you know you're in low sec and therefore want to run it as a group for added protection um you know, i mean there are different reasons for doing it just like there just like there is even out in in, in mm. null when you're running when you're running anomalies and things like that i mean sometimes you know running them with groups uh is an efficient way of doing it now once you get over a certain number of people it's no longer efficient anymore but 
And, and to expand on that, uh, because you were talking about redundant jobs, right? Uh, Emir Timshe has been running a uh, standing boosting service for years now. And with things like structures, his work is kind of redundant, just like Cribbers is when it comes to trading uh, supers, right? You know what? I mean, the whole, the whole issue of standings, I remember grinding the living hell out of standings back in the day uh, because oh, yeah. I wanted I wanted 8.0 with a particular group so that I could put a jump clone in someplace. And then they got rid of the whole idea of where you could put jump clones in, um, you know, re requiring that kind of thing. Also, the other one was uh, or, pauses, or where you yeah. put a pause, you know, you know, yeah, having standings but, for pauses. And so what's what's standing good for now, uh, Seamus? All right. So. Give me a moment to think. Oh, right. Yes. Market fees. So whenever... No, that's huh? That's, big, that's been made redundant pretty much, right? That's kind of what structures did. Offshoring has uh, killed the standing needs for Kaldari Navy. Ah, uh, right. True. But it still exists I mean, if, if, if you, you still... want to do it in a station. Yeah. yeah. If you still want to do... If you still want to buy and sell stuff in a station, then standings with the corporation and the faction that own the station will still reduce the broker's fees. I mean... Yes, the fact that you now have markets set up in player-constructed citadels means that you bypass that completely. Uh, but on the other hand, you've also got the issue that citadels very occasionally go boom. <laughs> so some players may be a little bit reluctant to completely make the switch over to citadels. So if you there's still want to do... Um, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, there's also... Uh, um... One of the places standings are still good for, which is um, actually the rarely known about um, Cosmos missions. Yeah, Cosmos missions is one of my weak areas. Uh, what do you know about those Tiberius? So, uh, Cosmos missions were introduced. They're the basically chained missions, some of them, um, but some of the, the particular ones to progress further down the chain require very, very high standings. And we're talking, you need to have enough to run level fours with particular um factions never mind like uh, individual corporations but you need a really high faction standing with them and um for a very long time they were the only places that you could get storyline modules from and uh like some really really rare materials wish to build them like the uh like i can't even remember the name on the tacmal like modules and things like that that now you kind of see dropping on drifters and things um they used to originally come from uh the cosmos missions but uh yeah there's there's usually a set of one uh cosmos missions for each uh race that you can find in high sec and there's a set that you can find in low sec right now in a rare turn events i actually have a question of my own uh so <laughs> i've been told that cosmos missions are once per lifetime per character and once you do them on a character you can't do that cosmos mission again is that correct or was no, it's, it's every three months hold on are we talking about cosmos missions or are we talking about epic arcs uh the epic arc um well they, the cosmos they come from the cosmos constellations don't they and they still mm -hmm. you can still run them um every so often but you can't run them all the time because I'm starting to think you're talking about the, or because I'm starting to think you're talking about the epic arcs, and I thought Cosmos missions were something different. Well, I, I think that the Cosmos, what the word was a long time ago, and it may have changed, was uh, every you can only run them once per. Uh, the yes. um, yeah, and the 
in to the get epic, the thing that, yeah, yeah, to get the stuff out of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can even go back and re. You, I don't even think you can go back and rerun them at all. Yeah. Well, hmm. let's just. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can, but then again, I didn't think you could. Run uh, epic arc missions and apparently you can right james yeah the epic arcs as tiberius says you can rerun the epic arcs every three months that includes the sisters of eve level one epic arc the bloodstained stars but there are six other epic arcs as well uh, one for the garistas one for the angels i've never touched those as yet and one for each of the four major powers the glente the caldari the minotaur and the amar those i have run once each so i've at least done those uh, by the way, um, if you're going to try to run the uh, level four epic arcs yourselves, uh, you'll want to look up uh, the epic arc guides written by Jowin Datlaron. Now, some aspects of the guides will be a little bit out of date because some of the ships and modules have changed, but the actual content of the epic arcs themselves will be the same. Which, of course, goes back to Caleb's point that... Uh, a lot of aspects of uh, missions haven't changed much in the past 14 years. And since you're transitioning into guides, we might need to talk about the whole problem with walkthroughs and things like Eve survival before we start talking about the new AI. Because with that, the fact that players have had so much time to actually perfect these guides and explain everything in detail, everything is pretty much easy mode. You can't make any real mistakes also because he was not that twitch heavy so once you can actually read through a guide you're pretty much safe everything is just do what people tell you to do and it kind of kills the risk versus reward thing all right Derek, why are you laughing <laughs> um i'm laughing because we're doing a show about missions and in the middle of it we're coming up with the fact of, of, of maybe we don't remember everything about some of these things like um, absolutely not no <laughs> uh, yeah so maybe that's why i'm laughing um um but i do want to kind of flip back to cosmos because here again is another area that has been around for a long time it used to be something that really mattered um and now is almost irrelevant in this game in a lot of ways especially kind of the items that you pull out of it you know remember those storyline bpcs and stuff like that that you would mm -hmm. get out of it i mean they were they were just kind of shit like even well, they, back they, even back then they, they were kind of crap well no, they were they were mediocre but they were not shit well, hold on. maybe, and I wasn't around when Cosmos was put in. So maybe when they were first put in, they were the, the they were decent stuff. But when I, when I was running them, and I think like uh, 2009 or 10 or something like that, um, um, I I was merely doing it purely purely for the standings. Um, yeah, that's kind that of was the a, point, right? It that was, was to a, fix the 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 rerun problem, uh, and it was to heal people standing. Right and well, now, and yeah, you're absolutely right. I because got the faction standings mattered. Missions, yeah. yeah, I mean, faction standings mattered, and that was a way of 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 getting again. Um, and I think that but was you, even that that was even related to the fact of I wanted research agents, and the quickest way to be able to be doing some of this stuff was had to do with that. But don't um, open that right. book. <laughs> no, no, all right, all right, all right. There's all so right. many of these things that don't matter anymore we, regarding missions. We don't have to talk anymore about the uh, the, the the past of missions. But 
what I do want to go on to, and by the way, one last thing, you can repair your standings now in a different way by just paying for it. So a lot of these things that people did as work to get themselves back into a certain place is no longer the case. Missions have kind of outdated their use in certain ways. Um, but let's assume that people are watching this that actually want to know um, uh, how to do missions or which are the fun missions or you know, that kind of stuff. And I want to move on to the next topic, which is uh, tips for preparing for missions. So this would include stuff like fitting and uh, you know what guides to use and stuff like that. Actually, before we get back before we get back on the rails, I actually had a question for Dirk. Um, were you talking about Cosmos missions or Epic Arcs just now? No, no, I'm talking about Cosmos, even before Epic Arcs came into the game. Okay. Uh, because I was uh, before Matterall started dragging us back onto the rails, I was about to suggest that we maybe we should actually cover what constitutes an epic arc and what constitutes a cosmos mission. Because Tiberius and I were confusing the two just five minutes ago. Well, actually, only Tiberius was confusing the two. You were fine. Yeah, yeah Sorry, I was confused. I had, to, I had to throw you under the bus. Sorry. Here, no, that's right. Actually, actually, if, if Tiberius got confused, some of our audience might also be confused. That, okay, that so might let's... be a worthwhile talk, topic in yeah. and of itself. Go ahead, straighten us out. What's the difference? All right. So Cosmos missions I won't speak on because I'm actually not familiar with those. The epic arcs are long chains of missions. Uh, many of you have probably run the Sisters of Eve level one epic arc, the Bloodstained Stars. that starts with Sister Altur and Arnon. Uh, so right after you came out of the tutorials, you did level one epic arc. So that epic arc is you start talking to one agent, that agent gives you a mission that leads to another mission, leads to another mission, leads to another mission. It's part of an overarching story. The That's level right, yep. four epic arcs are kind of sort of the same deal. It's just that they're more advanced. And if you try to go into those without being prepared for it, uh, you're probably going to get slaughtered. Again, uh, Jow and Datlaron's epic arc guides, very useful. Uh, so to get into the epic arcs, uh, have particular uh, do have standings requirements for the Galente epic arc for example you need at least positive five standings with either Galente Federation or with impetus uh, for the Minmatar epic arc you need positive five standings with either Minmatar Republic or with Brutor tribe uh, to start off the epic arc uh, once you've started the epic arc you don't need those standings to keep going on the epic arc you just need to meet that standings requirement so if you want to be able to always make sure you can run the epic arcs on a regular basis you'll want to identify which corporation is also a gateway so impetus or brutor tribe or i'm forgetting what the other two are but you can look those up in Jow and Datlaron's guides uh, and just grind up the corporate standings for that That'll be easier than trying to grind up the faction standings. And of course, faction standings go up and down because of derived modifications from storyline missions. Whereas <laughs> your corporate standings are not going to go down unless you start shooting their NPCs. So that's, uh, so that's epic arcs in a nutshell. Cosmos mm -hmm. missions, I don't know what those are precisely. So I have to let somebody else speak on that. So yeah, I, I, I read it that back up just to refresh my memory on it. Um... The epic art missions are the chained ones. The cosmos ones are the ones where you can turn in tags and do certain tasks to increase your faction standings. Yeah, but so you can only run those ones. Yep. One of the audience Is that members the data centers? Out. Yeah, they're all sort of in space around like a, um, there, a structure or there, something. There, yeah. there, there are certain sectors out there. So in the in the Lone Trek region, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not in the Lone Trek region. There's there's one for 
that generally helps with Kaldari that's in the Forge region. Um, I, I forget where the other one's right. That's the that's the one that I ran back in the back in the day. Um, it's got some high it's got some high sec and some low sec systems that are all right next to each other, and you're running different missions, um, you, know, you, you know, throughout there that uh, that help that give you faction buffs as you know for for completing them as and can actually take them away from from other places because there's some stuff that goes on there that it can hurt your faction standing with uh, with other groups, but. Um, uh, you know, and then they've also got these like storyline BPCs that come out of it and and things like that. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, I, I think the reason over Iaconan or I have to go look at uh, it. Yeah, I think the reason we're running into trouble explaining it is because we're kind of figuring it out on air, which is totally fine. Um, but we're in an area that we weren't really intending to go to, which are the Cosmos missions, because uh, really we want to talk about missions and complexes, which are even different. But we have now talked about epic arcs and what they are, and we'll come back to it when we talk about what missions are fun. Um, but for now, let's move on to how you would prepare for missions uh, for people who aren't really heavily into missioning. Right, yes. Back on the rails now. <laughs> All right, so for those of you who might actually be newer players, um, most, when you run missions, uh, at least level 4 missions and lower, I'm not familiar with the level 5s. With level 4 missions and lower, you'll be fighting against particular rat types generally. And they have a tendency to have particular vulnerabilities uh, and particular strengths regarding damage types. So Angel Cartel rats, for example, if you're, uh, going, uh, if you're taking missions that involve fighting Angel Cartel... Uh, uh, they'll, they're weak to explosive and kinetic damage. Those are their lowest resistances on their shields and armor. So you'll have an easier time killing them if you're smacking them around with, say, Nova missiles or Scourge missiles than if you're trying to use pulse lasers. You can still kill them with lasers or with uh, blasters. It's just not going to be as easy. Uh, additionally, they'll also deal out certain damage types, preferentially. So again, if you're fighting Angel Cartel, they're going to deal explosive and kinetic damage against you. So if you want your ship to be more durable, you'll probably want to focus on your explosive and your kinetic resistances. If you're going up against Serpentis or Garistas, then it's kinetic and thermal for both what you want to tank and what damage you want to deal to them. Some types of rats are oddballs, so rogue drones very frequently they're going to deal explosive or kinetic damage to you as a tendency, uh, but you'll want to shoot them with electromagnetic and thermal damage if you actually want them to die. Uh, for any particular mission, if you're not familiar with it, uh, you can look up the uh, various guides and walkthroughs that uh, Caleb seems to have an issue with, the most well-known being eve-survival.org. And... It's most well, Eve Survival is most well known for its mission running guides, which are writ, uh, written by players, but also has some information on uh, wormhole space sites and a little bit of information on running incursions. But it's most well known for its, uh, for its mission guides. Well, if I can segue just for two seconds, right? It, it's a little bit akin to playing adventure games with a walkthrough, right? If if you are too lazy and use it too much, you're going to lose out on the experience. And it's the same in Eve when the guides are so perfect. There's really no challenge. 
Well, it's uh, that's called blitzing, right? Did we call it what it was? No, no, uh, no not blitzing. No, this is different. different, and it's even oh, worse right. because that's basically cheating and and circumventing all the content. Which, yeah. which, if you're reading those guides, there is the what you need to bring, how you need to fit, uh, what you need to do, and then at the end, hey, by the way, if you want to blitz it, here you can do this too. Yep. <laughs> but but that's it completely takes actually playing the game out of the equation, which a lot of people out there want to do because again, missions and other forms of PVE in this game and almost every game out there have two different have multiple reasons why people do them, right? Some people are doing them merely yeah, because they want to be efficient about it and create wealth and do other things, and other people are doing it because they want to play it, and other people are doing it for you know some other combination of reasons. Yeah. It's it's a lot of people start off, particularly learning the general mechanics of Eve and things like that through it. And, you know, I don't think the, the guides um, that have been put together are, you know, necessarily cheating and stuff, but it's just like the, the system, uh, the result of having, you know, 12 or 13 years worth of the same PVE content all that time, you know, people have refined it and refined it and refined it. And here we have our guides. Um, once you've finished but, the first, first cycle, right, when you've played something through once, there's no longer a story. So then it's just rinse and repeat. Now it's just a faucet that you're sucking on. Some people do appreciate uh, the stability of it uh, because that makes it a reliable income stream. You've got uh, so if you've fallen on hard times, like say you flew what you could not afford to lose and you lost it, well, you you at least have some way of starting to pick your backs uh, pick yourself back up again yeah but the joke is that when you've played the damsel 500 times it's no longer you no longer think she loves you the way, the way i <laughs> i like to think of it is that cruel himself is a capsuleer and it's not the same damsel every single time and there's <laughs> trillions of people in eva in she, the eva online story the, universe they all shop at the same place actually, you actually think about it like that <laughs> yeah, it's a different I, damsel every single time. I, they just shop at the same place and have the same dress. Uh, I think of things like that, too. When I uh, had a character, I was like very tuned into that one character, thinking this is my experience to this character, kind of RPing it in my head. And then I got an alt, and I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? Because I can't be both. <laughs> so I started thinking, okay, I'm the spirit that embodies these two characters. Now I have three. Now I have six. Now I have nine. Uh, it's, it's just the same types of experiences just keeps coming up over and over again. I mean, it, it's like that um, Fallout introduction every single game. War. War never changes. <laughs> the Thameswell never changes. There's always going to be wars. <laughs> so there's certain patterns you can expect. So Similarly, there's always going to be damsels in distress or guys in distress. It kind of follows the same patterns. All right. So... Generally, we've we've touched on uh, missions. Is there anything else on missions? Because I want to move. We'll hear about escalation, the big loot and stuff. So I want to talk about the those, only other, but... uh, the one more on the one unusual, uh, the one obscure thing about missions. I would like to point out for those of you who like making safe spots, uh, missions always occur at a random location in space, somewhere within twenty astronomical units of the local star, distributed uniformly throughout a sphere. So if somebody's running a mission in a solar system. They're going to be within 20 astros of the star. Oh, interesting. I didn't know about one, that range. One for you, uh, your sneaky salvagers. That one. Combat scans them down. Cool. Go and nick all the loot, see if you can't create some content. <laughs> so uh, that's an interesting point. I didn't realize they were tethered to the 
to the star, the distances of the missions. So you won't get one mm -hmm. that's in deep space, for instance, Correct. or anything like that. Okay. I mean, you'll find incursion beacons that go out, like, say, 80 astros from the local star, but even those are going to be within yeah. uh, 20 astronomical units of the ecliptic plane up or down. I, I thought these things were more... Uh, what Dirk was trying to say is that he thought they were probably 4 AU from a planet. Does that sound... You're thinking... All right, four astronomical units from a planet. You're thinking exploration sites generally, cosmic yeah. anomalies and cosmic signatures, unless right. CCP has changed that recently. But no, missions are going to be within 20 astronomical units of the local star. Got right. I picked it up. Uh, was that the question you wanted to ask? Because I saw. Uh, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I knew that there was. I knew there was something that was related to what Blaston was saying out there in terms of 4AU. Uh, but he's right there. Yeah. So um, move move on on to complexes and escalations. Yeah, let's talk about those. Okay, uh, so dead space complexes, uh, I believe, are in two categories. I only know a little bit about of these myself. Uh, there are the static dead space complexes, uh, which you can find from the star map, I believe. So I'm looking at the old version of the star map. Uh, so in the old version of the star map, I go to the world map control panel, the star map tab, the stars sub tab, and I believe it's DED dead space report is the thing you want to be looking at. I think not entirely yeah. clear on some of the D it's either that or the DED agent site report, one or the other. A long and time it, ago, sorry, we used to use these maps, these 2D maps called Ombi's 2D maps of Eve. And he would actually have a report on systems that would have um, these things uh, so that people would know where to go. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, because they used to permanently spawn these DUD sites. And so In the if same you, place, right? Yeah, so if you control the system. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never seen one, uh, I must admit, but it'd be interesting if they do exist. But yeah, uh, you can go to the, the star map, the DED dead space report, and the colored dots, those are solar systems that contain one or more static dead space complexes. And when you jump into the solar system, there's going to be a permanent beacon for it. You can warp to it. And if it's, if it's reset, uh, you can run it. Or if somebody ran it recently, you're going to have to wait around for the thing to reset before you can run it yourself. I don't remember what the timers are on those. Uh, but they're always there, always the same locations. Those are the static dead space complexes. You have also got dead space complexes associated with exploration sites. So they're, they're parts of cosmic anomalies. So they'll pop up in various random places. Uh, you just check your probe scanner window without launching any probes. You warp to a cosmic anomaly. So some of those are dead space complexes. Others might be cosmic signatures. So you're going to have to scan them down with either core probes or combat probes. It'll be easier if you use core probes. So you can scan down those cosmic signatures and boom, there's an acceleration gate. You found a dead space complex. You can start running that and start shooting everything inside. Now, one thing that I, I always hear that because uh, I hear two different stories of this um, is that these dead space sites that you find by scanning them down um, are all of the escalations that weren't run after people run. So, you know, people run anomalies, they complete the anomaly by killing all the rats, they get their escalation, it spawns a dead space site that they can see in their, um, in their, uh, what's the journal? journal uh, yeah. yeah, and if they don't run it in 24 hours, then it becomes a cosmic anomaly that people can go to. Is that 
Do we know if that's true or not? I don't know myself. I haven't tested it. Hmm. Uh, what I'm, what I have been told, I haven't run these <laughs> myself, but what I've been told is that some dead space complexes have a possibility of escalating, and they'll have several stages of escalation, each of which are regulated by a random number roll. So you're not guaranteed to get the full chain of escalations. But if you finish a cosmic anomaly or cosmic signature, and it it es if it escalates, it will show up in the journal, as you say, in the expeditions tab. And the expeditions tab will tell you where to go. This expedition is specific to you. So in order to spawn the thing, you yourself would have to go to the solar system in question and warp to the expedition. Otherwise, it just doesn't exist. Is that uh, why people sell them? I see that in the... That could be why that could be why people sell them. So they've mm -hmm. been given an escalation. They can't run it themselves. So mm -hmm. they, uh, I imagine, somebody could say, uh, "I've got an escal, I've got an escalation. Uh, somebody want to pay me esc, and I'll lead you to it." So yeah, that could work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you uh, you you go to the escalation, uh, warp to it. You create a bookmark for it, and you sell the bookmark. I think what we'll do is is table this topic because. This kind of goes into ratting and nullsec and how to make money, kind of stuff. So maybe I'll actually concentrate on uh, uh, getting a bunch of guys to do this every day, to figure out like you know what the tips and techniques are for that sort of thing. So we can move along. Uh, I did want to ask the looking at all the missions, uh, Seamus. What and actually all you guys, what do you guys think the best missions are? Like, is there any fun? The funnest mission, not the most rewarding, but the funnest. Not doing them. Okay. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, you want to win missions? I am very positive about Eve, even though I'm an old bit of it. But if there's one thing that I would want to rip out and just throw away, it's the mission running. The whole PVE experience from the past is so bad. It feels like running random uh, dungeon crawls, and it's so boring. But that's fine for new players. I mean, it's fine yeah, for new players to have something yeah. that is basic and then repeatable. Then, then make it something that's kind of rail-based and only playable once, right? But, so don't force people to sit there and suck on a tab that's this boring, because I'm pretty sure that that's something that kills player retention. The, pr so the, prob the problem with missions, okay, is not the missions. It's the fact of, well, what's the option after missions, okay? And and or are there new missions that are you know that are coming in and things like that right and 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 there weren't for for a very long time but then they did add other forms of pve in um missions are an old throwback thing but are still fine as a baseline introduction into this game and and you know a pve to play them right because he would kill it he would totally destroy it if if he saw how tedious and but purposeless and there's no feeling of reward or anything. It's just an AFK well, tip. That's not true. There's, I mean, there's no feeling reward for us, maybe, because we've been playing the game for like a long time and getting four million isk for running a level four is but not that just great. Makes and it even less valuable for new but, players. But, right? but no, 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 no. No, like four million to a player that's been playing for like less than six months is actually a decent you amount of cash. Discovery, it, it's a lot faster to get five million. Yeah, but you know that can be just as repetitive. As, as like, from, no, my own, that's from my own subjective. Yeah, from my own perspective, uh, I tend to like ca uh, calmer gameplay experiences. I like space. I like shooting things. I don't like blowing up. 
So missions and uh, incursions are perfect for me. And the you problem actually... is that there's no feeling of progress, right? It's right. always very, very low, and 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 that needs to be tweaked or fixed. So there's at least some incentive. <laughs> To, well, we'll talk. We'll talk about AI in just a second uh, and how it's changing. But Seamus, I, I, wanted to, missions. I wanted to point out that. Oh, did you? Uh, Seamus has only died twice in this game. Is that right? Uh, pod killed twice. Oh, okay. Uh, both of those <laughs> were in. Uh, both of those were in wars uh, that the university was involved in. Uh, both of those were in war fleets in Aldrat. The first time I was pod killed was way back when I was only in the game for a few months. Uh, the fleet commander had uh, accidentally warped the fleet to zero on a smart bombing war target. Uh, so yeah, that was number one. Number two was during the third uh, war between Eve University and Red versus Blue during the siege of Aldrat when they destroyed our starbase. I was flying a, a logistics cruiser as part of the fleet. Uh, when my ship exploded, my client basically stopped being responsive. Thankfully, I figured the lag monster might pounce on me, so I had switched to a clone with plus two implants. But yeah, the lag monster pounced on me, and that so, was the second time I was pod killed. So a Seamus corpse is pretty rare. There would only <laughs> be two at maximum. And you weren't Eve famous when that happened, so they probably didn't hold on to him. <laughs> Definitely not the first time, no. All right, that's cool. Um, but okay, so Caleb, we get that uh, for you and a lot of other people, missions are boring. They, there's definitely some of that kind of feedback at FanFest, but it looks like things are changing um, with a new um, AI. But before we go to the new AI and talk about the Blood Raiders, uh, Tiberius, do you have favorite missions at all? Or do you? Me? I mean, do I have favorite missions? I, <laughs> um, I still run. I still run sort of. I don't. I don't think there is a favorite mission for me, to be honest. I still love the Worlds Collides one because it's just good fun to do. Uh, run through it and go through the two gates, um, and it's still the most satisfying. Just to blab all the rats. Certainly, when I was trying to, you know, earn some misc and get somewhere in the game to begin with. Um, this was before I moved into faction warfare and discovered what PvP was all about. But certainly, without the high sec missions and things like that, I wouldn't have learned some of the basics I did. Well, we have like... Say, can I say something controversial? I actually like the courier missions. I think they're actually a neat thing, but they don't work and they don't have any real purpose. Um, we nearly have 200 people. If you guys want to write down what your favorite missions are, we'll have a look. Um, okay, so missions... Uh, my The reason I brought up that, what are your favorite missions, I, it's kind of selfish. I wanted to see if the arc, epic arc missions were worth doing, because I started one uh, and then I never finished it. So... I did. I did start trying to do one a long time ago. I did the Amar one in a Raven, which lasers and shields are not really the best idea, and I couldn't understand why this <laughs> epic arc was kicking my butt. <laughs> well, uh, all right. But missions are changing, and it looks like the next next expansion is right up this alley because it looks like it's going to be NPE related, which this is mostly. And uh, it's going to be empire-based. So both those things combined kind of point to this whole area that we're talking about now as getting mm, a measure of uh, artificial intelligence thrown on top of it to mix things up. Now, let's yeah, be careful here. NPE refers to the new player experience. I'm sorry. NPCs um, is what I meant, or PVE. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. We now have, my mistake. We have right? a number of knowledge mistakes happening today. We do. <laughs> I, w I wonder why. It's like... 
where people. It's very interesting um, to see it because it, it seems finally after the two years of, of development that's been going into uh, the brand new AI, which we originally saw in the Drifters and the Burner missions, um, which was the only real recent update that um, uh, missions have had, high-sec missions have had. Um, we're finally starting to see some of the early fruits of that labor coming through. Um, and from the inference we're getting uh, with a major overhaul to the PVE in uh, HiSec is just the start of the overhaul of PVE entirely. Um, and this Blood Raider um, sites that are being introduced uh, soon um, is the first real test of the new AI, the ship AI, um, out on a scale, like on the live server. Beforehand, it was kind of the the drifter stuff and it kind of like caused a bit of few problems it was lagging out entire constellations and things uh, with tie-dye um so they had to pull it back and take it back to the drawing board um they had the burner missions which they behaved very much in the same way as a one-on-one -on -one, uh, pvp uh, engagement with another player would um but now it seems that their CCP is ready to start pushing out this AI on a much, much bigger scale. And the Blood Raider sites is going to be, the Blood Raider Soyoto sites are going to be the first iteration of those. Yeah. That reminds me, um, if there are any missions you might be tempted to want to run as part of a group, it would be the burner missions. Because oh, yeah. those are a lot easier uh, when you have multiple characters on the field. Why is everybody, you know, and this is kind of one of the problems with the whole NPE and EVE, right? Is that it always comes down to how do I run this max efficiency, easiest, don't die, no risk, all that crap. And that wait, wait, is wait. why they need to bring the AI in that changes so that you don't know what the hell is going to happen. You go in there and it just happens and you're going to be fucked if you yep. think you can throw men at it. I mean, it's quite interesting because on the PVE roundtable um, at FanFest, they were talking about the, the how the new AI behaves, and the 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 Soyotos themselves, for example, um, will spawn ship fleet compositions based on what you bring. So if you bring a lot of people, they will bring a lot of people as well, and. Um, one of the testers th threw a Titan in um, to see, well, that happened. It spawned 200 frigates that the Titan couldn't track and shoot while the Soyoto was nuting it out and keeping it pointed. And eventually Yikes. it died to a thousand cuts from 200 frigates that this thing had spawned. Sounds like Gunswarm. glorious. Yeah, totally. So, like... Um, it's 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 really interesting if that that what is a taste thing with the where it chased them to the gate i think so, someone reported that uh, that they also chase you to gates and they can actually potentially chase you through gates like drifters yeah i mean the drifters drifters will chase you to a gate um but they don't jump out of systems um i don't know if the new blood rider ones are going to be doing that at all but it it's... sounds like they got a lot of the pocket uh from ccp i i i don't think we have any clue how far this is going to take it? No. And by the way, we have a question for um, Aramis. Uh, he got killed on the Amar gate because he has a negative 9.9. .9. How do you gain standings back? Well, it depends on the type of standings. Hold on, like negative 9.9 .9 .9 security status or negative 9.9 .9 standings of the Amar Empire? <laughs> That's like saying, is it a, an African sparrow or a... 
<laughs> but they, but they behave very very differently, and this is like something that people confuse all the time. Like all the time, people yeah. seem to confuse security standing and faction standing, like endlessly. Well, like, they use I the keep same hearing people going. Word. Well, both both have issues, but yeah. <laughs> all right. I imagine the point but is you can. It's worth mentioning that it looks, as if, it looks as if the new AI can actually do stuff and take into consideration standing. And I think that's really important. Yeah, that is important. But if you if you've got um, to, to answer that question um, before we go down the rabbit hole, to answer that question, um, to increase your own faction standing, the only way you're going to do it is is Cosmos missions or running level one missions for that faction, or um, if you get joining oh, no, a faction you warfare you corps, can run an epic arc. you can't you can't well, get you, it. You, depending on what your standing is to another faction that would also get, you know, because like when you run, what is it, the Sisters of Eve one, you're getting boosts um, um, more towards, what is it, Kaldari, I think, or something like you that. You choose. With the Sisters of Eve level one epic arc, about two, or, about two or three or four steps behind the last mission in the chain, you'll be asked to pick one of the four racial commanders. Whichever commander you pick, that's the faction that you'll gain standings with when you complete the Sisters of Eve epic arc, Absolutely. with the other uh, with the other epic arcs, uh, it there are some other choices you could make, uh, but generally, uh, it's gaining standings with the faction whose epic arc it's associated with. Be aware Correct. that the epic arc faction standings do not carry derived modifications. So the fact that you completed the Galente epic arc does not mean you're going to get Minmatar standings. Yeah. Isn't it funny, Seamus, while we're talking about this, from a new player experience point of view, how would they ever know these things just being in the client, right? All of these aspects of EVE, you need to ask other players. That's a little bit like that's, complicated, Which is right? probably why one of the reasons the EVE University wiki is so very heavily referenced by a lot of players. Yep. And a uh, fun little fact, fun little tip for increasing your faction standing quickly um, is faction warfare. Because every time you gain a, a rank within faction warfare, you get a subsequent boost to your faction standing. Very nice tip. All right. Are and, we done with? Go ahead. Go on. And then just to answer the other half of that question, if it's a security status that you need to improve, um, you can go and buy uh, special tags, take them to a Concord station and exchange them along with some ISK um, to take your security standing from whatever it is to zero. Um, but another little pro tip on that one is um, you own, to get anywhere in high sec, you only needed to get it above minus, point, uh, minus two. Um, and actually from minus 10 to minus two is actually the cheapest. It's the last two points of security standing that's the most expensive well i have a short question to everyone because one of the things i never got a clear answer to is larrikin was talking about the fact that the new ai is scaling up and fitting ships to match the players right and to to compete do we know anything about the drops from that do they actually drop the things that they then fit no um i i, I spoke to uh, Larrikin on this one um, while we were at FanFest, sort of how that mechanic works. And it's also in his presentation um, on uh, PVE as well. Um, the ships themselves are not physically fit because NPCs are just a model in space with stats. 
they're like they don't have any fitting. Anything that drops yep. from them is based on the loot tables that are associated with that NPC. Um, so, but what what they've actually been doing um, to get the stats for the NPCs um, to put into these new sites is using Pyfer and fitting them up as if they were fitting them up as a player, and then taking the stats for that ship and then applying them to the NPCs. It's just Seamus. a little bit sad that they don't fix the loot tables by adding that mechanic, right? Seamus, did you have something? Right. So uh, Tiberius Stargazer answered the two branches of the question of fixing standings, whether you're talking about your security status or your standings with the faction. The way you actually tell which problem it is, is you go to, you open up your character sheet. In the top header of your character sheet, you should have an indicator saying which solar system your medical clone is located in. To the right of that will be your security status number. And that will be a number that ranges between negative 10 and positive 5. So if that number is your security status, if that number is below negative 2 or below negative 5, uh, it, it works on a sliding scale. But if it's below negative 2, then you need to follow Tiberius's advice regarding getting tags and turning them into Concord stations. If that number is less negative than negative two, or if it's a positive number, then security status is not your problem. What you then need to do, again in the character sheet, go to the interactions section, the standings tab, and go to disliked by. The factions that dislike you will be listed first above any corporations or any individual agents that dislike you. And if those faction standings are negative, then what you're going to need to do is find their level one agents somewhere and run missions for them. If this is Amar Empire, for example, then you'll need to find level one Amarian agents out in, say, Kaldari space or Galente space or Minmatar space. Find an Amarian station somewhere outside the Amar Empire and try run running level one missions for them. You can also try running mission uh, any level missions for the Kaldari, because when you complete a storyline mission for a Kaldari storyline agent, there will be some splashover effects onto the Amar Empire. So you'll gain Kaldari standings, but you'll also gain Amar uh, some lesser amount of Amar Empire standings because the, the Amar like the Kaldari. Hmm. All right. Um, by the way, that was... You explained something interesting. I think it's an appropriate place to put it that as far as standings go, that you can actually reach an equi equilibrium between the four empires. What was that number at? Uh, somewhere around positive three to positive four. Uh, something's come up in real life. AFK for a couple of minutes. No problem. Well, you know, and that's something that I kind of want to throw in there is that I, I said it out there in chat is that the whole standings issue is a real rabbit hole of a discussion because you can get down to look if you sit there and, you know, are repairing your standings to Amar, right? You may be hurting, obviously, your standings to Midmatar. I mean, if you're sitting there running missions for or, you know, you know, for for uh, the Kaldari, uh, you're hitting a lot of, sometimes you'll get those federation uh missions where you're now hurting yourself against the galente um you know so it's like there is that whole balance thing and yeah you're right there there is a way that you can kind of do it to where you can sort of have some some equilibrium but you're never going to get super high then in you know in those standings because you will be damaging it elsewhere yeah as long as you're sorry i'm back as long as you're sticking to just storyline missions yes 
Then again, no. this brings us back to the subject of epic arcs, because the epic arcs do not have derived modifications. So if you never touch the storyline missions and you just keep doing the epic arcs, all, uh, all four of the level four epic arcs for the high security powers every three months, then that way you can get really high faction standings with the four major powers. Oh, that's interesting. So if you were wanting to build a character that was really good grace in good graces with all the empires and benefit it from would be all the, epic, services, the level four epic arcs every, uh, the, that you would do it with yeah. every three months. So that would take you a little bit of time, but uh, quite a lot of interesting. Uh, or you work every empire up to like four where they're equal and then you do the story arcs to kind of cap off uh, each empire. Very interesting. Um, <clears throat> So you should say there are services out there where people uh, do this for you. They build standing for you. They basically put you into a fleet, and then they do the missions. They do all the work. You just pay the money, and your standings go up uh, accordingly. So look out for those kinds of things if you don't have time to do the missions, although standing just doesn't seem to reward like it used to. If you don't have time to play the game or want to do the grind, you know, you can pay somebody out there I don't know if to, to lead you around with a leash. Yeah. If you want to be a marketer, but you don't want to do all the missions that it requires to get your taxes lower, I mean, yeah, oh, you, sure. could work out of, you could work off of Citadel offs, you know, but, uh, you know, if you didn't want to bother with that. Also, last time I checked, um, while you can easily share standings gains for, uh, for corporations, I don't think sh uh, sharing the standings gains with factions works quite as well. The, the last time I tried it, uh, the lion's share of the faction standings gain uh, went to whoever the mission was actually assigned to. So for faction standings, I don't think that's going to work too well. Mm, interesting. No, but you can then get access to do the missions yourself, and then you can get the True. boost right from the standing. If you can do a level four, a few of them, then it's pretty fast to get the healing done. Right. Well, okay. So there's missions is a huge topic, and we really kind of tried to do and it's very difficult as you can see some basic stuff and some basic understanding with some complicated questions to get you know more material for advanced players uh, and it's just too broad so really you just need to like maybe attend one of uh, Seamus's classes at Eve University where you can have plenty of time to listen uh, and ask the questions you need those are great I recommend them if you can get into them um, and uh, also there's a ton of reading out there. And how else can people find out about uh, missions if they wanted to find out more, Seamus? Uh, you've got eve-survival.org. Uh, and for more general fitting advice, you can also check uh, the Eve University Wiki. Right, that's another good one. Well, that's cool. So uh, that wraps up missions and complexes. Let's move on to something that just came out. It's the monthly economic report, and that's a dev blog by CCP Quant, who we may have on the show next week. Um, and uh, he reports on the economy and the um, ins and outs of what's going on. Because somebody said, uh, or actually I just read, that EVE isn't really a game about PvP. It's actually an economic simulator. <laughs> That's true. Well, kind it's of. true. It's a simulator in general. It is a world simulator in general. I mean, which but all of these economy. other, th which all of these things are included underneath that. Yes. Yeah, but when people say, "Oh, well, look, you're not any good, at Eve, unless you can PvP," um, never listen to that sort of thing because the actual game is about markets. I just like that wow. idea. 
don't know if well, it's the true. Rich, the, the richest people in EVE, by far the richest people in EVE, um, are the industrialists and the marketeers. Yeah, and it always uh, it was very funny because pirate, local pirates would be kind of like attacking the easy targets, the miners and the traders that are moving in, you know, stuff back and forth, and then they get blown up, and the pirate has to go to the, has to go over to the market, and the prices are three times higher. So well, the really, the really good story is when a pirate goes out and kills someone in a bling ship, and then comes back and sells it to a retailer all the loot, and you sell back the gun that was actually looted to the guy that was killed that's the funny story well that's just a, that's an isk drain i guess but i just it's like the idea that the last word comes from marketeers you know sometimes so i thought that, that was funny. right but i think what you missed in the monthly economic report is the fact that uh, quant is talking about new features yeah let's talk about those now basically what quant is kind of hinting at or starting to uh, look at is uh, expanding to more financial products and he wants to bring in sort of a contract type that makes it easier to do loans. So uh, they are seriously talking about doing something with the market, an aspect of the game that's not actually been touched since 2003. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, the the problem is that, as we were talking about quite extensively on the open comms last night, it's very uh, dangerous if they make it too much easy mode or feature creep, because then they're just going to kill the aspects that create the PvP. Because emergent gameplay comes from when players actually need to use tools to create content. If you just get a feature that's got everything, there's no motivation, and it's just uh, you don't need to deal with uh, human beings anymore. Well, I think they can. I think they approached it quite well. That sort of thing quite well with the. Um, with the in industry interface. Like the industry interface gives you the new one since Cirrus, gives you like all sorts of information and gives you all the basics, like how many materials do you need, how much are those materials roughly worth? And when you spit a, something out at the end, that's how much it is worth. Of course, those figures aren't entirely accurate because they're based on the market. If you want to go into further debt, then you have to produce more tools. So I'm, I'm still always in favor of like making it clear that this thing is possible and this is the result. But if you're going to get really good at it, you do have to go full nerd mode on it. <laughs> I think the irony is that we already talked about uh, Kriber uh, losing his... Um his unique uh, service, right? Because now you can just exchange them with a contract in Citadel, right? Um, and, and every time CCP adds a feature like that that makes it easier to do something, you're going to lose all the content that's created on top of someone like Cripper doing that service, interacting with people, being scammed, uh, all this meta game. So if you're making features too easy mode, you're creating something that's detrimental to the meta you you kill a profession kribba is literally a kentucky coal miner right now <laughs> pretty much kribba votes for trump stories, right Kribble switches there, there, there not be, uh, it was third party job ccp trump well there will not be a, a, an article uh, in any uh, news outlet talking about the most trusted player in eve if it's just a fucking feature okay look 
there's a lot of things that that began as kind of you know player done sort of outside the game um and then began to make their way into something that was an accepted thing right i mean i think you can look at something like the character bazaar and and um you know back in the days of trading gtcs on the forums and things like that right that they then brought into being more mainstream um and created a regulated market and and what happened when they created a regulated market was it expanded and, and exploded and more people were involved well I, I i think i'm kind of one of the first victims of uh fallowed uh player services we used to run uh the naga uh, loot shop where we basically traded items that could not actually be traded on the normal sec market so you had to uh create the service out of game and, and create uh, price finding mechanisms and, and things like that. But when that type of item was injected into the SEC, it totally followed the entire business of trading this rare loot between people, right? Jim J99 says, it's not the job. And I'm not sure if he's joking here because he said it in all caps. So he might be yelling. Uh, it's not the job of CCP to create complex regulations. No, it's not the job of CCP to create complex regulations. Uh, however, it is potentially the job of CCP to add in mechanics that allow for more complex things to occur on mm -hmm. a more widespread basis in the game. Because, you know, if what we deal with, okay, because you know, you know, for years, of course, and it, and it has really come down to a lot of these, you know, what I'll call financial type situations, right? Is it's all about trust. And we know that this is a game where trust is extremely lacking. Um, or so, you know, something that you just can't really have a whole lot of in anyone out there. Um, so these things end up becoming very small or something happens like Eve Bank and, and you know, things like that it's that because, blow up. It's because trust takes uh, trust and features takes over from the, the lacking feature that is legislation uh, and a legal system, right? In, in real life, if I put on a napkin that I owe Dirk a hundred million, and I sign my name on it, that's actually legally binding in contract law. You can't do that in EVE. You need to create that as a feature. Uh, and that's where EVE is really lacking. Uh, it's the same if I want to create shares. It's, it's not really something that's that difficult. Mm -hmm. you, you have to announce it, and then you just have to create a, a, a documentation uh, that you are handing over a, a part of your uh, company ownership to someone else. But you all know of that is governed by law. It's it needs to be a feature in the game to take over from that. Right? I, mean, I, I think you, you guys are kind of overthinking this a bit too much, to be honest. No, like, I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind like to give you an example of the whole napkin thing. I wouldn't like mind like a contract to say, hey, yeah, we've come to this agreement within Eve, but it's still down to you know the players to honor that contract no, and then and then deal like with shares. the uh, consequences in case it falls out yeah but when you're doing something like shares and you're making something that's kind of a feature or an automated system right then you need to make sure that all the knobs and all the buttons are there to service what is usually done by people with contracts the the original financial products are extremely primitive whether we're talking bonds or shares or even currency america is a brilliant example of this because every fucking bank in america was printing their own money because there was no oversight no regulation so right. just putting that into a piece of paper that right. says i owe we're, you we're is way, not rocket science all right we're way deep into economics obviously it's a very uh 
interesting it's the monthly topic. economic report with a dev yeah. blog attached to it. Yeah, let's go back to the basics though and talk about the economic report. It looks like they may create new stuff. That's really cool. Um, another thing is Plex. You guys talked about this on open comms, and I think, and I'll just say, they went four hours, right? Half of it was on air, the other half was not. But um, that's a lot of talk about uh, economics and well, stuff like that. I mean, economics was in the was in the main show and maybe went uh, for I don't know what I what I recall to be about thirty minutes or whatever. Um, it was more and, like an hour and thirty minutes. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, time flies. But um, uh, I mean, a lot of it was about you know financial instruments and a whole lot of you know freaking brainstorming on on things like that because it's really cool and it in no other game out there that I'm aware of can can you be you know spitballing about what could be from player built stargates all the way to whether or not you're going to get into you know some sort of uh you know mortgage backed securities or asset backed securities um because of just how broad and deep our kind of potential economy is in this game in the you know in this simulator with a game front end as I call it, um, you know, but yes, there there was this other thing regarding Plex, right? Um, um, mm -hmm. Because obviously we we know that it's coming where they are going to be basically doing a a Plex split, okay, a stock split of Plex, um, and there's a question of whether or not they should provide back history because the Plex that we know today technically ends, and then the, they're coming up with a new a new item type that is you know Plex, which will be than the plex bits or whatever um and, and whether or not they should add back history and he actually puts it in there as kind of a question well what do you guys think that we should do um and and it, this is a very agree that it's not really a question it's not in a question life, you fucking, it's not a question you just do it you fix the fucking price retroactively you have to oh yeah yeah absolutely um um because plex itself is just splitting it's not like it's you know it's not like it's dying and becoming something else. It's just splitting. So therefore, yes, you would give the back history just you know just like you would change the history of a stock you know of a stock when its price split. Um, and and you know there's this there's this idea that well you know it, it would create some chaos if there wasn't you know what I'm sorry that's just not how you would do it. Um, um, there's enough there's enough chaos and advantage and things like that that are out there. It's just not how it should be done. Yeah, and I don't think that the, the trading clause really need that much help. So let, let's just do it the right way, please. All right. Well, uh, so that's the. Uh, was there anything else in the monthly economic report? Yes. Quant made a joke. <laughs> All right. Uh, asked people, I think he he did a financial crisis joke that uh, about the whole thing with the uh, asset-backed securities that then we might get. Uh, uh, derivatives and shit in the future. So, anyways, is there any? It other... was a bad joke. No, it was probably good. I just didn't. Uh, synthetics. <laughs> plastics. Um, was there anything else in there as far as like uh, features? He did say something I thought was important because this was a controversy that came up a few weeks ago when uh, Goon Swarm's representative on CSM said, "Hey, shut down this this data." Uh, being released on the economics of our region because people can tell what we're building and it's an unfair advantage. And CCP went ahead and shut that down and a lot of people were upset because they thought that it was a capitulation to an alliance in-game. Um, and so there was a controversy that kind of followed of like, should you show economic news for regions or is that secret information? And, it's the whole uh, thing about perfect knowledge and, and free information. And 
it's so weird that that when it comes to things like uh, well ecosystem numbers like that and economic uh, uh, indicators and things like that that's what should be available freely and everything else should be removed i'm saying when you remove local then we can talk about removing intel on the economy all right but the controversy was um that they capitulated so ccp reversed themselves and announced it in this report they are going to well, they're, they're going to go ahead and republish that information information for now while the new csm bring up the discussion again yeah i mean they announced quant announced that they were going to be removing this right and then the next month and then there was an outcry out there there was a bunch of a bunch of discussion that was had over the course of a couple of weeks you know maybe it was a whatever uh it was a hot button topic there for for a short period of time when the next monthly economic report came out the information was still in there so so they basically halted their decision talked to the csm and are now going to talk to the new csm to get what their thoughts are on it um, and then ultimately make a decision. What it look what it looks like probably might happen is they keep it in, but they some uh, some of this information they delay so that it's not the most current. Uh, you know, maybe they delay it by a month or two months or something like that. I think mm -hmm. we can speculate a little bit about what might be or what could happen nope. because nope. if, if no they're talking about building the ledger, right? It m might make sense to put that Intel into the actual sub holder, so it becomes a meta game in, in industrial espionage. But right. you can't expect it to not be available if there is no easy or at least logical access to it. Then it just All becomes right. a stupid aspect, right? Yeah. Okay, we're running out of time, though. I didn't want to get too far into speculation, but that's a good point. <laughs> um, let's move over to. So I'll give you that one. Score fifteen. Uh, love. Um, let's move over to player. Uh, more player news. We're going to talk about uh, Init and NC. Tiberius, you were in a great fight. What happened? Well, uh, <laughs> let me spring um, that one on you. Just spring that on me. That's fine. Cheers, man. I was there I'm too. I can take I'm it. I'm totally prepared. I'm totally prepared. Actually, I will say, let me prep it. <laughs> let me prep it this way. Uh, I'm writing for the first time in a very long time. So I wrote up a battle report, which I haven't done for about two years. And I'm going to publish it uh, tomorrow. So look out on Imperium News for a battle report from me, Matterall. And uh, Tiberius, you were ecstatic about this. I really felt like you'd hit, maybe you were drunk at the time. But you were I, like, was, I, was, I was quite drunk at the time. You know. There's a little confession for you. But um, yeah. no, it was, it was I, it's been a bit of a weird conflict um, out in Syndicate. Um, well, let's start with that. Who are we talking about here? So NC Dot, our, our alliance, has, has moved in uh, to Barligat, which is all a bit weird because I was there four years ago now with Brave originally. But mm -hmm. uh, so I've come full circle again, but we've set up stage in, in Barligat and going and hitting all the moons. And there's a really fantastic like thread on Kugu about this whole thing as well. Um, PK's, uh, PK Poison Kevin is one of the fleet commanders in, in um, FC. Um, PK's war on the moons of Syndicate and something like this. Um, it's been a bit of a strange conflict. Um, Project Mayhem has been involved on the initiative side. Um, Snuffbox has been involved in the initiative side as well because, you know, they like having a pop at us. Um, and it's it's been hot and cold. Like, we've been having some good fights and, and other times it's just been uncontested structure grinds. And uh, last night we actually had quite an exciting little engagement. Um, involving uh trying to kill an initiative fortazar that had about five we formed up with five minutes left on the first reinforcement timer on it um 
and we're desperately trying to keep the um, fort reinforced with um, 40 materials to begin with uh, and two guardians. Which, was... which is un unheard of because that's <laughs> way too small to take out a Fortizar's uh, timer. And it also had no logistics. So it was kind of like, do it with what you can. That's it. And then this time, Initiative and Pandemic Horde and some others are um, having a bit of a, a, bit of a fight um, in another system over a pause. Um, so while we're doing that, we're also getting, um, after they ask for a for some support dropping out supers and titans on that one while at the same time trying to do this uh Fortisar. and it was a pretty shaky for a while um i think we managed to finally re reinforce the Fortisar in its second one after initiative formed a fleet to come and get us with about 20 seconds left on the clock <laughs> well it, it was ex it was exciting and it was uh it was a risk um for initiatives part, uh, we should let McLeod or uh, actually we should bring Sister Bliss onto the show to talk about this conflict at some point. So you, we have the reverse side, but um, McLeod, our producer, is actually an initiative. Um, uh, you know, they they have their side of the story too and stuff. But as far as NC side, the part that uh, Tiberius and I are both in, it was pretty pretty exciting because it was Vince at kind of vintage. You know, there was the vintage Vince of let's do this, bring everything. Um, you know, like uh, it's it's a it's a mixture of like he's the ballsiest FC I think in Eve, but it's also bringing to bear like this giant hammer, and uh, just being ruthless with it, um, but also being very risky and you know things could have gone wrong and and things didn't always come together and stuff like that. But I think yeah. this also was interesting because the the famed Triple uh, A uh, FC Makula is now uh, Makula is actually a part of NC. So it's kind of nice to have him in there, to hear his voice uh, inside of NC, you know, participating mm. is kind of interesting. But the interesting thing was, is that uh, from that fight as well, is uh, Mark had nearly lost his fifth Titan. <laughs> Which is quite well, <laughs> right, right. Uh, there's a counter, I believe, for him. Uh, That's right. Is Mark dead yet? Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and for those that don't know, um, Mark Hand is the uh, FC Titan for uh, Boys and Kevin. Um, and he's had some unfortunate sort of losses with it in the last uh, couple of years. Um, and a website has been created by someone from Pandemic Horde in the honor of him losing his Titans, which has him singing on it as well. So mute speakers if you go over to that website. But, well, one, um, of the, one of those cool. Titan losses was uh, NC horsing around with a keep star and uh, igniting the Doomsday um on pk and he uh, exploded so they really kind of killed their own titan <laughs> and it's like it's all fun and games till a titan blows up uh but yeah so uh check that out that's um pretty cool and now uh we're near the end of the show so let's go into uh announcements uh very quickly uh the anger games kicks off tonight oh, yeah. um sure. you know this this should be a pretty good one um there are a lot of teams now um it's it's a non-event tournament uh, for a change which is great um it's really uh, as a member of staff on nt um i'm really really happy to see other organizations getting their tournaments set up and running as well so uh this is really good for us to actually participate and be involved in that as well um and there's some you know great looking teams up there uh that kicks off i believe uh on 2000 2000 today um 
there's a whole bunch of teams with a bunch of prizes uh, available. It should be pretty good. Like there's some really, really big names uh, on there uh, that are competing, like the Big Red Boat, Lazarus, Tell Raven, Elo Knight, Dirk McCurk. Right. He's here. All stars. Um, <laughs> Capri Sun, Elise Randolph, Suetonia, and myself. Apparently. Um, and Ray. I didn't. I didn't realize this. I didn't <laughs> like, Tim, Tim, was like, Tim was like, and myself, apparently. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, uh, so, it, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, big names in there, so it should be a, a pretty good tournament. Uh, those are, those are just two te- Those are just two teams. There's way more other... Like, yeah. yeah, there's a load more teams. Um, so. those, those two teams go head-to-head today, so that's going to be pretty funny. Um, so be sure to check that out um, if you... Uh, if, you miss it. Um, the Is videos will be up later. We're uh, on YouTube and and on Twitch as well. So, and then um, somebody asked in there, will the anger games be streamed? Yes, it will be streamed here absolutely. on on INN starting uh, starting at twenty, uh, probably a little bit before twenty hundred, but I think it's twenty hundred. That's right. And uh, the full schedule of um, matches, when they're going to be going, who the teams are, um, and also all the results from the matches as well, uh, you can find on uh, arena.eve-mt.uk. Um, and there's a section on there specifically for the Anger Games, so you can see when the matches are coming up and uh, when the videos come out for that as well. You'll be able to catch up on that if you miss them. But it's this, um, it's this weekend and next weekend. Uh, it right. starts at 200 and goes until midnight midnight eve time uh and then next saturday and sunday also from 20 hundred until midnight that's it so it should be pretty good i'm kind of looking forward to it um organized by sothrasil um and streamed on uh, imperial news twitch as well right so um what other announcements do we at well moving on to uh player events that are coming up um this is an interesting one that's popped up on um, Eve Meet. Uh, it's the Eve Deep South Meetup uh, today. That's from 1500. It's in Mendeville, Louisiana, um, and apparently it's at a pri- someone's private residence. Um, it's well, RSVP. It sounds like a clan meeting. I know, right? It sounds really interesting. Um, it's RSVP only. So if you are in that area and you want to go to that, you have to go to evemeet.net and check out the item and get onto their Discord or email the guy that's organizing it to make sure that there's still space for you to go. Um, so check that one out. Um, that kicks off from 1700 day local time. Uh, then you have the DCVA and the meetup that's uh, our next week on Saturday, the 29th of April from 6 p.m. at the World of Beer in Arlington, Virginia. Um, you have the DFW April Eve meet on uh, the 29th of April at 1700. That's at the Twisted Root, uh, Carlton, Texas, um, which should be pretty good. I think I said that right. Spelled mm-hmm. wrong, I think. But okay. Right. okay, good. I said it right. I'm good. We're good. Um, right. And then um, in Texas, Houston's having their monthly Eve meet again um, on the 29th of April at the King's Head Pub. Uh, and last but not least, to round off uh, all the meets for April, uh, there's an impromptu player meet at Eve Las Vegas on the 30th of April too. Uh, the venue is yet to still be decided for that, but uh, if when I find out about that, I will update the show as well. That's the baby Eve Vegas. That's not the uh, the big one, is it? Yeah, it's it's like the six months after one, you know, training for the big one. <laughs> it's like you're gonna run a marathon. You got to start early. Uh, exactly, man. You know me. Yeah. All right, thanks, man. Thanks for all those reports. I really, really appreciate it. Well, what was, the, what was the date for that Las Vegas meetup? Thirtieth uh, of April. Thirtieth of April. There you go, Jim J. Yeah. Uh, again, I apologize to Southerners. Uh, that's going to be a great meetup. Sounds pretty cool. It's probably at a mansion at some super rich Eve player's house. So look look out for that one and sign up. Oh, the Eve uh, Swingers Party. 
<laughs> or they keep at, the, at the private residence that you have to RSVP for and like send in pictures of you and your date. You that might be keys, you Don't put your keys in the bowl. You put your rifter in the bowl. Yeah. Couples are forty dollars. Singles are sixty. <laughs> single, single women are free. <laughs> single women are free. <laughs> oh my god, uh, it's um, decadent. Um, thanks, guys, for hanging out and uh, doing this show with us. And thanks very much for, um, it looks like we were getting streamed by some people. I'd like to thank those guys uh, for sending us people. We got over 200 people today watching the show live. Today we covered missions um, in, a, in a pretty interesting way with the help of Seamus, who is a professor at Eve University. And if you want to learn about anything, go to Eve University and look up uh, their lecture series and stuff like that. Um, thank you very much, Seamus. Welcome. And uh, it sounds like he had his mouth full. That's okay. It's breakfast time for some of us. So I think for... Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Guys, I really want to thank you for watching. I may be out the next two weeks. I have some camping to do and some family time. So we will find a host to bring the show. The show will go on. Thanks to McLeod running all the buttons. We will have CCP Quant on next week's show. We're going to talk statistics and uh, we're going to talk quant and all kinds of interesting cool stuff. So we will uh, see you then. Thank you for watching and supporting the show. You can go to Patreon slash Matterall to help support the show financially to improve it. Um, we're also uh, thinking about doing a ISK sponsorship and stuff like that. If that's something you're interested in, DM me uh, in game Matterall. For the wider community, please um, Make sure you support them with your kind words and uh, donations and follows and all that kind of good stuff and let them know that you are supporting their time because it's all volunteer time. If you want to work for INN, we are doing a lot of interesting things. Watch this space. We're looking for writers and artists and programmers uh, and even people who can administrate people and stuff like that. It's a great organization. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a cool group. Really, really like them. I wouldn't have been there for as long as I have if I didn't. But yeah. All right, thanks very much. Next week, we'll probably talk politics and economy. And uh, for this week, that's all for Talking in Stations. We'll see you next week.